Forgiveness is a major component of the family of God. It is a part of our DNA. The Bible tells us that we are to forgive as God has forgiven us. Yet we have a difficult time at times forgiving. And why is this so? Well, let's just take a look and explore some possible reasons for unforgiveness. Are you ready? Let's go. Today, let's talk about forgiveness. Yeah, we're going to talk about the forgiveness fight. I think this is a good topic because at some point in life, we have had to forgive or to be forgiven by something that we have done or said to others. But sometimes it's difficult and we don't necessarily forgive as quickly as we should or we have chosen not to forgive. But as a believer in Christ, we have a different instruction. And that instruction is we are to forgive. When we look at Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 31 through 32, we see these words, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with any form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Yeah, you know, sometimes we read these things and we know that it's easier said than done. But forgiveness is a major component or DNA, if you will, of the family of God. When we talk about forgiveness, we're talking about canceling or letting go an offense. We're talking about letting go a debt. And sometimes, boy, we struggle with it. But let's look at what the Apostle Paul says in the fourth chapter of Ephesians. And he lays out some instructions for Christian living. What does that mean, Christian living? We're, you know, being like Christ. And as Christ was or is, so are his followers. And so Paul instructs that there are, you know, certain things. He, he's insisting that we no longer live the way we used to live. And you can pick this up in the 17th verse, and we're going to go to the end of the chapter in this. But he, he talks about not living the way you used to live, not living how the Gentiles lived or how non-believers live. And they lived in a way it, suggesting or or living in a manner that says God does not exist and that Jesus did not die for their sins. There then is a new way for the believer to live and that is in direct opposition to the non-believer. Those who have hardened hearts towards God, they have lost their ability to respond to God. They are no longer sensitive to their need of a savior or they are unaware 
of their sin in the sense that it no longer bothers them. They're, they're dead to it, if you will. And their thinking is not productive. The thoughts of the one who is counter God, you know, their, their thinking is useless. It doesn't produce any fruit. Their thinking is ineffective and it is also hopeless. So the Paul, the Apostle Paul is giving us clear instruction about how we are to live now that we have accepted Christ as our Lord and our Savior. He says there is now a new identity for you and you have to grow into this and you have to be intentional in representing him and looking like him. Okay, right? You want to look like your father. Amen. <laughs> so the Apostle Paul says that you got to put off your old way of thinking so that the new way can come in. You know, the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So when we are allowing the mind of Christ to be in us, that means we're going to have to relinquish, let go, get rid of thoughts that are contrary, ways that are contrary to the ways of God. So he says there's some old habits, some old ways, and some old thoughts that you have got to purge, you have got to crucify, you have got to get rid of. And so one of the things he talks about is he tells us to stop lying Stop lying. Lying disrupts inter, uh, uh, relationships and it can cause a distrust between people. Instead, we need to start speaking truthfully to one another. And then when we are angry or we become upset, then we're not supposed to linger in that anger. Instead, we're supposed to deal with it that day. We're not supposed to meditate on it, soak in it, because the, the fruit of that anger could produce something that you can't take back. It could be irreversible. It can cause detriment and danger uh, to someone that, you know, you can never change. So he's saying, deal with your anger. Then he says, stop stealing. He said, you need to stop stealing. Do something useful with your hands. Work, work for something so that you will have something so that you can share with those who may be in need. And, you know, the need could be, you know, as close as in your house or abroad. So he wants you to go to work. And then we have to watch our words. We have to be careful about those things that come out of our mouths. And sometimes we use words that are empty, they are abusive and they are foul. You know, we we need instead to, to use words that will encourage and words that will build others up and that whomever is listening, you know, they can benefit, they can grow from those words. So we got to be careful about those things which come out of our mouths. And then he talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. And we grieve the Holy Spirit, bring sorrow upon the Holy Spirit when we are living contrary to the new way of life that we have been given. When we do not allow the Holy Spirit's guidance and teaching instruction and help, you know, to take forefront in our lives. Then Paul says, you know, you got to get rid of it all. This is in verse 31, where we started out, not some, but all, all 
all bitterness. You got to handle it at the root, rage and anger, brawling and slander, every form of malice. Get rid of it. Yeah, we're going to get upset. We're not saying that. You're not going to be walking around as an emotional less creature. No, you're going to experience emotions, but the Holy Spirit gives us self-control and tells us, shows us how to manage rather, I think that's a good word, these emotions, but we need to not let anger take up and become bitter roots in our lives. We got we can't let rage run rampant in our hearts because the results of that would be again destruction. And then all of this slandering one another, anything that's meant to harm others intentionally, then, you know, he's saying, you, you got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that. You know, Jesus comes and he walks the earth and he shows us compassion. We have talked about it. Even those who desired to kill him, even those who spoke ill against him, he did not retaliate. He did not run down rumors. He did not plot and plan how to take vengeance. No, he fulfilled his mission and his light he was the light of the of the world and he said as long as he was here his light was shining right and so that's what we must do too is be intentional even when Jesus was on the cross he does something that many of us would have been unable to do and that is he said father forgive them for they know not what they do and so he was kind and compassionate to others and so we too must be that way. So when we get to this part about forgiving each other, I just said to you what Christ did. Even though the people were plotting and planning to murder him, to kill him, to get him off of the scene, Jesus still forgave them. He forgave the thief on the cross, his sins, and he also forgave the ones who were coming after him. And so he says, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave us. Now, God has forgiven us much, and he's expecting that we do the same. But we know it is so hard sometimes to forgive. It's a fight to forgive. We struggle with forgiving, especially when we have been hurt and hurt by people we do not or did not anticipate being hurt from. Now get this, there's this thing that we've termed in the church as church hurt. And some say, and you know, I've heard it because I've, I've been uh, privy to that experience, right? Where someone in the church does something or says something and it's painful because you do not expect it from people who belong to God. But people who belong to God are still, you know, people who will err, who will make mistakes. We in the body of Christ are not perfect. We have been called to forgive. But there's a fight and sometimes 
we don't want to forgive. We want to hold on to pain and we want to hold on to hurts caused by others. But when we relish in unforgiveness, it has negative effects on our lives. It has the uh, potential to alter our health physically as well as emotionally. Now, there are some studies that have shown that unforgiveness can increase anxiety, depression, elevated blood pressure, vascular resistance, decreased decreased immune response, as well as coronary heart disease. Let's not forget stress as well as diabetes. And this uh, is a study that came out of the University of Pennsylvania. No wonder God tells us that we need to forgive because he knows that it can really hurt us and that it can affect our lives, you know, the the vitality of our lives. It can really interrupt, you know, a, a, a very um, healthy life. So when we talk about forgiving, you know, it, it really means that we are canceling or letting go of an offense or a debt. But why do we have a hard time doing it? Well, you know, we have a hard time because sometimes we don't believe that the person who's seeking forgiveness is sincere. <laughs> and so we question the sincerity because maybe their actions are not reflecting whether uh, they are sincere. That's what we said, right? And so forgiveness for us then has to be more than words. And sometimes we'll say, I forgive you, you know, but we don't really mean it on the inside. We're just saying it. But if forgiveness is something that requires an action or an active work, we have to deliberately decide to let go of any negative feeling that we may have toward the person. And then we have to demonstrate that by action. And oh my, that is not always easy. We are resistant to letting people off the hook. And we have various reasons why we do not want to let people off of the hook. And one is anger. And it's one of the things that the Apostle Paul says that we are to let go of. But it's an emotion that we all experience. And we experience it at various times. We've all had these feelings of displeasure and annoyance and hostility towards someone or something. And when we are in this mode or in this emotion called anger, forgiving is usually the last thought on our minds. I know I got an amen right there. We instead nurse that hurt. Boy, we hold on to that anger. We make that anger our comfort because we feel that we were robbed and that person was wrong. We feel justified for being angry. So we can't let it go. You know, these, um, we're, you know, we're taking some time to see why we have a hard time forgiving. We can't let go because in our minds, it's going to hurt us more if we forgive. 
Now, isn't that something? That's exactly what we think. When we are operating from anger, we can't see that this anger is really a distraction, that it can also be deceptive and destructive to us. Anger really does cloud or crowd our thinking. And it can also blind us so that we do not try to seek understanding. No, we're not trying to understand where the other person was coming from. We're only seeing it from our vantage point, from our perspective. So one of the ways, uh, one of the reasons rather that we have a hard time forgiving is because of anger. And this is not good, okay? This is not good. Another reason is fear. Fear, yeah. We are afraid um, that we might be hurt again. Now, the pain that the other person caused is real. Oh, it's real. That hurt is real. And when we experience these offenses from people that we love, and sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily love them, you might work with them, and they've hurt your feelings in some way, or they've done something egregious, then, you know, we feel that, oh no, this cannot be ignored. Uh Uh-uh. We cannot allow what this person did to go um, unrecognized in our hearts. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to let that thing go and to forgive them readily. Uh, uh-uh, We're not having it. So when we experience this type of offense or any type of offense, sometimes we want to protect ourselves from being hurt again like that. So instead of seeking the true healing through forgiveness, oh, we build up a wall. Can I get an amen? And that wall becomes our protection from that person who wounded us. So we then board up the hurt and we refuse to deal with it. We've just boarded it up. It's still there. And so what that does is when we see the person or we are around the person or we hear their names, because we haven't dealt with the forgiveness factor, we haven't fought to forgive, it's still there. And so it's always coming up and we don't want to feel that pain yet. We're feeling it because we boarded it up. So the fear of being hurt is also a motive to shutting the person out and not seeking, uh, Uh, what we want to call it, reconciliation. Oh, that's something too, because I know some people believe that I can forgive you, but it doesn't mean that I need to be reconciled to you. But that's a whole nother topic. Let's continue. Let's do one more. What's another reason why we fight forgiveness? And that's vengeance. Mm -hmm. It's another reason we will not forgive others because we want to get back at that person. We want that person to be punished for the hurt they caused. You know, uh -uh. when we feel like we're going to forgive, as I said earlier, that that thought when that comes, no, we feel like that person needs um, or we need some sort of vindication 
of what occurred. So forgiving them makes it seem that that person is getting off the hook without any type of recourse. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes we experience anger and our anger won't let us forgive. We are afraid and we don't want to be hurt again. So we won't forgive. And then we want vengeance. So we won't forgive. But do you know forgiveness is a benefit for us? It is. It is a benefit. It's not a sign of weakness, neither is it a sign of betrayal to yourself or even someone you love who may have been hurt by some someone. As a matter of fact, forgiveness, according to um, some studies, is a pathway to well-being psychologically as well as um, physically, right? It, we produce or we will have better health outcomes. We fight forgiving for many reasons and some reasons to us seem valid. And as believers in Christ, forgiveness is necessary. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, if we forgive men when they sin against us, our heavenly father will also forgive us. But if we do not forgive men their sins, our heavenly father will not forgive our sins. And you can find that in Matthew chapter six, verses 14 through 15. So God forgave our sin and he wants y'all and he expects us to do likewise. Now he has given us the ability to do so through his Holy Spirit. He knows that on our own, we would be incapable of doing it, but he has given us some help and he has given us also an example again in Christ on how to do so. Forgiving is really a conscious decision. It's one that's really rooted in gratitude for what God has done for us. And we must make every effort to extend the same mercy to others. Now, there are benefits to doing so. And that's, again, improving our overall health. You know, it can lower heart attack risk, improve cholesterol. You can get better sleep. Uh, it can reduce some pain and lower your blood pressure and, you know, uh, relieve you from depression and stress. All of those things, there's a, there are benefits, but sometimes we do fight forgiveness. It's a fight to forgive, but we can obtain um, the necessary strength because we have it already through Christ to forgive. Now, I'm going to continue this forgiveness fight because there's an example that I want to show you in the Bible about forgiveness and the importance of forgiving, especially since we have been forgiven. So on the next episode, you will hear a story that Jesus tells about one who is unforgiving and the result of that. So Father, today we thank you that you have forgiven us, but you've also shown us how we are to live and that forgiveness is a part of the believer's life. It's a fabric of our new being. Even though it's difficult sometimes for us to let go of hurts, 
we know that you give us the ability to do so. Help us, Father, to forgive and to forgive from our hearts. We thank you and we love you. Okay, this has been your Daily Dose.